Talking about stress takes balls. So how big are yours? What a way to start a podcast. What a headline. There is, though, something about stress and men that I believe needs a bit of a nudge, nay, a dramatic headline or three. There are many men I meet that withhold talking about their stress for way, way too long. It's as if we don't want to burden anybody. It's as if we are, well, invincible, even supermen. So this episode is dedicated to all the supermen men out there, let me ask you, how do you know that you're stressed out? What happens? What happens in your mind, in your body, in your head? Does your behavior change? What is it that stresses you out the most? How do you take care of it? And do you even admit to feeling stressed? Recognizing the symptoms of stress is the first step, one of many, to manage your emotional health and well-being. So in this episode, we're going to look at what stress is, men's particular relationship with stress and some of the classic male symptoms, why men and women tend to differ in their response to stress, and review some ways to manage, but also one in particular that many men tend to forget to do. So welcome to Man Talk, a podcast of real conversations about life, your life, our life, the emotional well-being of men. My name is Howard Todd Collins. I'm a psychotherapist, counsellor, consultant and coach and founder and host of Man Talk. So sit back, relax, try not to stress too much and join me for this latest episode of Man Talk. Hello, 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 and welcome to season two of the Men Talk podcast. This is episode number one of season two. If you haven't yet listened to season one, there are indeed five wonderful episodes for your listening pleasure in the archive. So I would encourage you to take some time to listen to those first five episodes of season one. So I do hope wherever you are that you are well. You may hear from my voice that I'm still recovering from a bit of a cold, not COVID-related, some weird sinus thing happening in this springtime here in Melbourne. So you may hear that through the voice, so I apologize in advance. You may hear it changing through the segments of the podcast because I record segments at different times. So at this moment in time, you can probably hear those nasal tones of my voice. So apologies in advance. But I do hope that you are well wherever you are, and hopefully you're relatively stress-free. However, I do reckon that a stress-free life is a rare thing indeed. Stress is that common response, you know, that worry that you feel when you're under pressure, dealing with tough events or situations. And in particular, it's when the demands being made on you are greater than you think you can cope with. Now, just take that in for a moment, because I reckon many of us, particularly men, don't always recognize when we are taking on too much. So stress is that time when the demands being made on you are greater than you think you can cope with. Now, a scientific definition of stress may be worth thinking about. So in medicine, for example, it's the body's response to physical, mental or emotional pressure. 
Stress causes chemical changes in the body that can raise our blood pressure, our heart rate, and our blood, sh- blood and our blood sugar levels. There's my old accent coming into play. It may also lead to feelings of frustration, anxiety, anger, or depression. Stress can be caused by normal life activities or by a particular event or events such as trauma or illness. Long-term stress or high levels of stress, of course, lead to significant mental and physical health problems. So stress triggers off your fight-or-flight response. It prepares the body to take action against any kind of potential danger. So this fight-or-flight response was very useful to our ancestors who were coping with physical threats from marauding mammoths or saber-toothed tigers. But today's threats are often less serious than being chased by some kind of monster, but they are in fact far more frequent. The problem is that stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol are actually harmful when we don't actually need them, because they can damage the immune system and the heart, and of course reduce our physical and mental well-being. It's just not practical or healthy to stay in fight-or-flight mode every five minutes. Stress is also subjective, so you can get stressed out just by worrying about things. An event that may be extremely stressful for you could be a minor bump in the road for somebody else. The challenge here, as I mentioned before, is that most of us, particularly men, tend to ignore the signs. You can get just as stressed out over an argument with your partner or the fears of unpaid bills as a true life or death situation. So why does understanding stress matter so much? Essentially because it causes so many mental health problems. One in four of us will have a mental health problem this year, and that is responsible for over half of all long-term absences from work. Stress does not discriminate. It can affect all of us at any time, regardless of gender or demographic. How we react to stress, both physically and mentally, and how we manage stress does tend to differ between men and women. Studies on gender and stress have discovered that during prolonged periods of stress, men tend to experience the fight-or-flight mechanism, whilst women tend to experience what's called treat-and-nurture. So regardless of the source of stress, whether it be a COVID-19 pandemic or a war or chronic illness, there are clear differences between the common effects on men and women. And these differences occur even though we both experience or have the same stress hormone, which is cortisol. So this male reaction, the fight or flight one, has some classic symptoms, which I actually talked about in episode 4, but these are the symptoms that have evolved as a survival mechanism, which helps us to react to threatening situations by fighting the danger or fleeing to safety. So in general, this is the mechanism that is triggered most likely in men. So in response to a stressful situation, there's a cascade of these stress hormones that get released through our bodies. And these are the hormones that lead to physiological changes like the pounding heart, the tense muscles, the sweating sweating, and the rapid breathing. 
Now, some men tend to get angry or more argumentative, which is part of this fight mechanism. And there are other blokes who tend to flood emotionally with feelings like helplessness, anxiety, frustration, which motivates these men to retreat into a foul mood and often to sleep as a way to escape. And that's the flight part of the reaction. So you may recognize aspects of yourself in this, or you may move between these two different ways of responding. I know I tend to go into the grumpy mood retreating response. And if you want to find out more, you can ask my partner. But the female reaction, which is called treat and nurture, is just, well, a tad different from what most of us men tend to do. In women, the hormone oxytocin is the primary reason why they don't demonstrate the fight or flight responses frequently. What they're doing is they have this experience of oxytocin, which is a hormone that actually induces anti-stress-like effects. So they lower cortisol levels and lower their blood pressure. And it seems to help with what's called homeostasis, which is the balancing of the body's biological systems and contributes towards the body relaxing. So women in general, when they're under stress, tend to choose treatment, for example, or giving or friendships or sharing their feelings with others as a way to handle stress. So it's this personal connection, which is a big part of the way many women manage their stress experiences. The fight reaction, in particular for men, tends to be or tends to look like that we need higher levels of practicality to cope. However, what continues to hurt men is that suck it up mentality. You know that many many a bloke, maybe like you and me, have grown up with the expectation that we should just bottle things up and not ask for help. And we know, we know from the research that men are less likely than women to either recognize or admit they are stressed out, let alone seek out any kind of mental health support. And we know manning up is not an effective solution. But times, they are a changing indeed. There's a good song in there somewhere. In recent years, many changes in gender roles have taken place, which produces a kind of change in typical stress responses in terms of men and women. So these usual reactions that we're talking about are not now as black and white as they were. There are indeed plenty of individual variations. But in terms of symptoms of stress, many are experienced by both men and women. But there are some ones that are particularly exclusive for men. Stress in men and women can include physical, psychological and behavioural signs and symptoms. So if you're experiencing consistent physical symptoms such as headaches, constipation or diarrhoea or heartburn or muscle tension or neck, back or chest pain or fatigue or rapid heart rate or difficulty concentrating, maybe it's time to go and have a conversation with your doctor. And some of these persistent psychological symptoms, such as anxiety, sadness or depression, irritability, restlessness or anger, or loss of interest in sex, also needs checking out with a mental health professional. And there are certain kinds of behavioural signs, such as 
overeating or undereating, or drug or alcohol misuse, or social withdrawal or isolation, or constant constant increase in smoking, or exercising less, or gambling more, or clenching your jaw, or grinding your teeth, or if you're having consistent nightmares, or if you're sleeping too much or too little, or you found yourself immersed in obsessive and more compulsive kinds of behaviours, once again, go and get yourself checked out with a mental health professional. Go and talk to somebody about it. We know that ongoing stress can make us sick. There are some specific health issues for men that I do want to pay some attention to. Now, I know that sexual performance can be a difficult thing to talk about, let alone manage. High levels of stress can affect the brain's signals to the penis that increases blood flow for an erection to make you perform. But often, physical and emotional effects of stress, combined with anxiety about erectile dysfunction, can contribute to a kind of ongoing cycle. So unchecked, chronic stress will impair testosterone production, which can cause impotence, which leads into how stress can impact infertility. This effect of chronic stress on testosterone levels and sperm production and sperm quality increases the risk for infertility. So if you're experiencing any of these kind of symptoms, please pay attention and go and have a conversation with a specialist. And then there's your heart. Stress increases blood pressure and cholesterol, which of course are major risk factors in the development of heart disease. So repeated episodes of stress can cause inflammation in your coronary arteries, which of course increases the risk for a heart attack. And then there's your gut. Ongoing stress just wreaks chaos in your gastrointestinal system. And you may have experienced this in terms of stomach upset or pain. But when it becomes chronic and you end up with these ongoing issues, including, like I mentioned earlier, chronic constipation or diarrhea or heartburn or acid reflux or stomach ulcers, it's time to go and get them checked out. And speaking of pain, of course, stress causes muscles to tense which can lead to ongoing pain in your neck, shoulders and back. It's also, of course, a common headache, a sign of a common headache and triggers migraines for people as well. And finally, your immune system overall. Chronic stress affects your immune system and interferes with this inflammatory response, which which can make you more susceptible to colds and infections. So as you can see, stress symptoms can basically range for many men from very mild to severe and they will interfere with your daily activity. And whilst you may think that you can take some some care of your stress at home with your own self-care routine, please check these symptoms if you need help to cope. Please go and speak with your doctor or seek out a mental health professional. And if you're in Melbourne or in Australia, you can get my details in the show notes to have a conversation about how you're managing your stress. (music) 
you may well know what you should be doing to look after your stress. Let's face it, most of us generally do. There's plenty of research and data out there about what we need to be doing better. However, at the risk of sounding like a nagging parent, and if I am sounding like a bit of a nag, I do apologise in advance. And you may want to let me know, but let me know kindly. However, let's go through some of the basics. If you are burning the midnight oil, working like a dog, slaving away or burning the candle at both ends, slow down a little and start to think about whether you're getting enough sleep. A well-rested body always deals with stress better than an exhausted one. So look at ways of improving your sleep. Go to bed and get up at the same time every day. Keep away from the phone or the screen or the laptop at least one hour before you go and have a sleep. Stop drinking alcohol before you go to bed and keep that bedroom of yours dark and cool and quiet. The second thing is, are you moving enough? Are you doing enough exercise? It doesn't have to be going to the gym every single day, although that's that's useful. You know, exercise of any kind releases tension and increases those good, those feel-good hormones like endorphins. So just go for a walk every day. Just make a start if you're not moving enough. The next one, of course, is the most popular one, which is to limit your booze. You'd be amazed of how many men rationalize their drinking when they're talking to me about their stress. There are men that will say, well, everyone else is doing it. Why can't I? There are men that will say, well, this is the way I was brought up. At the end of the workday, you have a beer. Or some men are saying, well, it could be worse. I could be eating McDonald's every day. Or some guys will say, well, it's a social thing and I really enjoy it. And there's some guys who are saying, well, I'm supporting my local pub. It's a good thing. And some people will say, well, I've earned it for a really, really hard day's work. There are some men that say, well, it's only one, but maybe I'll have one more. There are some guys will say, well, I just really enjoy a drink while making dinner. And there are some men that will say, but what am I supposed to do when I'm going out with friends for dinner? Alcohol is a depressant and it will make your stress feel larger and harder to tackle. So I'd like you to just to self-reflect for a moment whether you're self-medicating or even just rationalizing your alcohol use and start to think about maybe healthier options to manage. The other thing to think about is what you're eating. Are you eating well? Are you eating a diet that actually is improving your immune system and helping your body function properly? Also, you could do something every day that you enjoy. It's easy to get lost in a long list of things to do. So make time for the things you enjoy. It's fundamental to just reducing some of your stress. And whatever you find that you enjoy, do it regularly. Spend some time with people you love. It'll remind you of what's important in your life. And tell someone, maybe someone that you just can't deal with everything on your own. You're not supposed to. Getting some input from someone you trust is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a show of strength. So reach out by sharing whatever's bothering you with a friend or a family member or your doctor, a counsellor or a therapist. 
The other thing to consider is this whole mind-body practice that's out there. There are so many types, yoga, tai chi, meditation. They can all help you take your mind off your troubles. These practices have been around for centuries for a good reason, because they actually work. And the final point on managing stress is less to do with you and more to do with a mate. If you think a friend is bottling something up, there's a fairly simple way to make a difference. Do something together. Get him to give you a hand with something. Maybe you don't have to talk about anything if you don't want to, but sometimes doing things together does make it easier. Keep it real. Take it seriously. Ask them, how's it going? Ask if you can do anything, if there's anything they need. Stay in touch with them. Maybe text them every now and again. And talk and swap stories. Just don't ignore the difficult stuff if it comes up. You don't need to solve or be an expert. You just need a really good pair of ears. In this episode, we've taken a look at stress. What it is, how it affects blokes, some of the differences between men and women, and some ways to manage I want you to recognize your own experience of stress and to acknowledge it and be mindful of how or if stress is hurting you or getting in the way of living the healthy, productive life that you want. And in particular, maybe to recognize if it's getting in the way of a friend or a mate and start to connect with them as well. Once again, I encourage you that if this episode raises awareness that you need some more help, please reach out. And my details are in the show notes. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, tell your mates. Give me a review of wherever you found the podcast. You can follow me at Insta at Mantalk with Howard or sign up to the Mantalk newsletter where you can get some more information. Thank you again for listening. Catch you again in the next episode of Mantalk.